What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes out on the Ethos Fantasy BB page. So if you haven't checked it out, please do go follow us over there. I sent out a tweet today, and I also reshared it at the Ethos BB account, Ethos Fantasy BB account. That lists out all of our contributors, new and old, here on the baseball side. Really hoping that you guys will go and follow some of them. They're doing great work. All of them, really. I hope you follow all of them. But we also live in reality. You're probably not going to go follow every single person. There's about a 10-person list I tweeted out. But go ahead and check it out. These guys are doing excellent work, and you should really be following along with what they're doing. Now, go to sportsethos.com. If you're not somebody who is on Twitter and all the things I just said over the last minute don't matter to you, you can go to sportsethos.com, and you're going to get pretty much all that same information throughout the day, minus the tweets, because tweets are for Twitter, and that's where you're going to find them. If you're not there, you're not going to see those you know, buy low and sell high, ad tweets, you know, little bits of information, a guy gets called up. You'll miss out on things like that, but you'll still get pretty much all of it down at sportsethos.com. But let's talk about some news and notes. We got a couple of call-ups, a couple of call-ups I've been waiting on for quite some time. Let's start with Christian Encarnacion Strand. He's up. He is batting seventh today, and I believe he's in the designated hitter spot for the Cincinnati Reds today. We've been banging the drum here, not just me, but the whole staff uh, at Sports Ethos. We've been telling you, stash him, stash him, stash him. And, you know, finally, finally, Cincinnati listens to reason and looks at the damn stats that he's been putting up in AAA and brings up Christian Encarnacion Strand. So in 67 games this year with AAA, 20 home runs. He's got a couple of steals, 65 runs and 62 RBIs. He's batting 331, OPS over 1,000, you know, 10% walk rate, strikeout rate just over 20%. Very winnable profile, very fantasy-relevant kind of profile, especially when you factor in, A, the lineup that Cincinnati has because it's excellent. It really has become so excellent. The point that, to the point that they came and play Spencer Steer. Spencer Steer is the one who is sitting on the bench today. Spencer Steer, who is a top 100 fantasy player this season. He's a little bit, you know, in a bit of a rut right now. It's been a cold week or two. Um, but he's the guy who is the odd man out here. It just goes to show the depth of this lineup. He's a top 90 fantasy player. He's been excellent for them. And yet he is not somebody that is cracking this lineup. That's just how good it is. So Strand, you know, he's batting behind Ellie De La Cruz, TJ Friedel, Matt McClain. Jake Fraley, uh, Jonathan India, Joey Votto, and then it's Strand, followed by Tyler Stevenson and Will Benson. You have a great lineup around him, like absolutely fantastic. I don't know if he's going to play every single day, and likelihood is he probably won't. They got 10, 11 guys they want to be rotating into the lineup on a pretty regular basis. So Strand, you're going to see him five days a week, probably four, four to five days a week, assuming it's a seven-game week. He's going to miss one or two games. But considering that lineup, all that great talent around him, and the ballpark, arguably the best home ballpark in baseball, there's not a lot of reason you can give for me right now that would say, yeah, let's stay away from Strand. No, he's got to be added pretty much everywhere. He's up to 46% rostered on Yahoo. He's going to keep going up and up now. It's been about 20% over the last day he's gone up, 19 to, to be precise. But that's just going to keep going up and up. Right now, he's got first base eligibility over on Yahoo, and I think Depending on your platform, he might have third base eligibility. He has played there a little bit as well. Um, I'm let me just double check here and take a look. Do they have those for the minor league game logs? Maybe they don't have those for the minor league game logs on Fangraphs. 
I feel like he's played first and third. His position is listed as first and third, so maybe he gets enough reps that he does get another position down the line. Regardless, though, first base is a position where there's, it's really top-heavy once you get to the middle, down to the end. There's not really that many great guys. Uh, there are some that you can slot in, but there's a guy we're going to talk about in a minute who I think, like, if you're still holding on to him and Strand is still available, then you absolutely make that switch. And I might as well just tell you now, Rowdy Tellez. Yeah, if you're still holding on to Rowdy Tellez, he went on the IL. He's going to be out for a few weeks, but regardless of that, he's been so awful. I think there's still a lot of people who are kind of holding out hope because Telez last year was really good. It's an easy switch for me if that is the situation you're still in. I don't know how many people are going to be in that situation necessarily where they're still holding Rowdy Telez, trying to find a reason to hold on to him. Still 36% of people are holding on to Telez. So I think there's a chance that you might be in that situation. If you're holding on to Rowdy, you can make that swap and get Strand into your lineup. Now, just... Side note here with Rowdy, we'll get back to the other call-up in a second. Fractured his left ring finger while shagging a fly ball. This one really is weird to me that Rowdy Telez was shagging fly balls at all. I don't know why you need your first baseman to be out running around the field shagging fly balls, but he did, and he somehow managed to fracture his ring finger, his left ring finger. I don't really understand how this is even possible. Like, I'd like to see a video of him doing it somehow because I'm curious as to how did you even do this? He's left-handed. He fractures his left hand. So he's going to try what, is he shagging them barehanded with his throwing hand. I, I don't know how this is even possible, but you know, if you have, are still kind of on the fence about Rowdy Telez, this is enough for me to say the hell with it. It's another four weeks. He's going to be out in the three, two, four weeks. Regardless if it's three, if it's four, if it's five, if it's the whole season, if it's next week, he's been so bad. There's no need to be holding on to a guy like Teles who's not producing. Whether it's Strand, whether it's somebody else you make that direct switch for, please go ahead and do it because Rowdy stinks at this point. It's awful because I loved him in Toronto. I was heartbroken when we traded him, especially seeing him at 35 bombs last year, drive in 90 runs. You're very heartbroken. But at this point, he's, he's doing really nothing that you need to be waiting for in fantasy baseball. So get Rowdy Telez out of your lineup. Get him out of your team. Maybe if you have the space, you want to put him on the IL, you can. But, you know, I've said this a million times this year. IL space is so valuable. You don't really have a lot of room this year to just say, oh, you know, I'll just stick him on there. Like, unless you have unlimited IL spots, you're probably not in that situation where you do have unlimited IL spots because not a lot of leagues operate like that. None of the leagues I play in are unlimited IL. You either have zero but the NFBC leagues, there's like three on my fan tracks leagues, one or two on ESPN, four on Yahoo. Like, you don't have a lot. You really don't have a lot. So I think a guy like Rowdy is really expendable. Again, whether it's Strand, whether it's somebody else, uh, you, can, you can be finding better players at the first base position than Rowdy Telez. And if you're looking, like, just I'm looking at right now at a 10-team waiver wire, Jose Abreu's on it, CJ Crone, Cronenworth, J.D. Davis, LeMayhew, Josh Bell, it's not amazing, Spencer Torkelson, uh, Nolan Jones. It's not amazing, but there's certainly a lot better options than Rowdy Telez. Let's talk about the other guy who got called up here, Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez, <sighs> before the season, I was so sure that we were going to see a great Grayson Rodriguez season. Not that there was really that much reason to be that convinced. I mean, he was a top prospect. It's not like he was just some random dude in single A I was you know, very high on. He was one of my most drafted players because, you know, the prospect status was just exceptional. Like, if you look at everything he did across all the levels of the minor leagues, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant everywhere he was. 
in the majors this season, he was not very good. He was also unlucky to some extent. You know, 372 BABIP allowed, only stranding 67% of base runners. Uh, you know, he had a 390 XFIP. Everything else was above 590. You know, FIPS, XERA, uh, XERA, ERA, 593, 602, 735. Uh, his Sierra was 410, which, you know, Sierra and XFIP are the ones that do give you kind of a better idea generally of what's going on. And those are the ones that were more in line with what you'd expect. Not amazing, but still pretty good. Grayson Rodriguez, I... I don't know what to feel exactly because when he went down to the minors, he was excellent. When he was up at the major league level, he was still good. He just, the results weren't there. You wouldn't even think he was good because his ERA was 735. It's hard to look at that and really say he was good with, you know, 174 whip. But he wasn't that bad. Strikeouts were generally there 26.5% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate was a little high, but he's always been a little on the higher side for walk rate anyway. I think that, honestly, we're going to see a much better version of Grayson Rodriguez. But I don't think this is the week where you're going to likely see it. Because as of right now, I think that this is set in stone. I'm fairly certain it is set in stone. That he's starting twice this week. He's starting today. So he he should be starting twice. Against the Dodgers and then at the Rays. That's not good. Uh, I don't think I need to tell you guys that that's not good. Uh, The Dodgers are one of the better offensive teams in baseball. Not top tier, upper echelon. Most of the time but you know there are certain stats like runs per game they're very high obp they're pretty good slugging ops home runs they're not the greatest in terms of team batting average team hits per game but they do generally tend to score runs could be a little scary the rays definitely are a little scary even though they haven't been as great recently themselves they're still across the board a top 10 offense so i'd say stardom in a lot of circumstances specifically in your deeper leagues where you really don't have that many options. And if you were waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to stash Grayson, to, for Grayson to come up, now he's up. Now he gets a two-step. But the starts are a little too hard. I don't know that you can justify even holding him on your own team at that point if you're not going to start him in those deeper leagues. So I'm talking 14, 15-team leagues and deeper. If you're, if you're not starting him in a 10-team league this week, no one's going to hold it against you. I don't think you really need to with those two kind of matchups, a weekly 10-team league. I don't think you really need to. But the deeper the league goes, you know, anything deeper than 12 teams, essentially, he's a must-start. Even in the 12, I think you could go either way. You know, there's pros and cons. I think, honestly, I'm just going to start him wherever I have him at this point. Still, I still held on to him in a couple of my NFBC leagues because there's just really weren't that many great options, even when he went down. Are there some guys you could potentially stream? Yeah, but I just didn't really want to give up on the potential upside of Grayson. And even though it wasn't amazing when he was up before, I think we're going to see better results down the stretch now that he's had more time in AAA. He's had a taste of the Major League batting at this point now. He knows a little bit more about what to expect. And I think, you know, like I said before, he was really unlucky when he was up the first time. I don't expect that to really continue the same way it did. He's a rookie. You never really know, but he's got a great team behind him. It's a tough week, so just bear with him. Uh, you know, and if someone drops him after today because he has a bad start against the Dodgers, more likely it'll be if he has a bad start against the Rays later in the week because, you know, let's say he has a decent start today, bad start later in the week, people will cut him. If he has a good start today, bad start, it, it, I guess it really does depend on the individual fantasy player. Some people will hold him regardless. Some people will drop him after today regardless. I think if you see people sending him back to waiver wires after either of these two starts, you got to be rushing to grab him because the potential is really there for one of the stronger second halves that we could see from a starting pitcher in baseball. He's up right to start the second half. It's about as good news as we could have hoped for out of the break. 
So I think that we need to, well, I guess it's been a couple days, but essentially he's, you know, he's starting in the first round of starts after the break, which is about as good as we could have hoped for with Grayson. Go and pick him up if he is sitting on the waiver wire. If you're you know, debating starting him, again, the shallower the league, the easier it is to sit him. But I have no problem starting him in a lot of different places. Let me take a look real quick at Yahoo and see what the number is. 52%. Jumped up 18% over the last week. You can still get in on him. Again, maybe not the smartest move to stream tonight if you're in a daily league, but pick him up and draw. Uh, pick him up and, and put him on your bench because I think that there's a lot of value in him there as well. Um, just as you know, somebody that you can start for future weeks, just maybe not for this week. I, I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but one way or the other, he should be on your roster at this point. Absolutely, whether you want to start him or not, he should be on your roster. Let's talk about one more bit of news: uh, Josh Donaldson going on the IL. I mean, he's really not been good this year, Josh Donaldson. He's batting 142. He has 15 hits, and 10 of them are home runs. A very strange season, but overall, he has not been good. Oswald Peraza was called up, and this is where the real fantasy news comes in here. Because Donaldson, he's 3% rostered. He was 4% last week. You're not really starting him. You're not really using him this year. Maybe when he was hitting a couple home runs there fairly regularly. Maybe start him in good matchups in the daily league, but you know there's really no need for Donaldson to be to be rostered even before this. Now, I mean, it's it's there's there's really no need. But those three percent of people holding him, send him back to the waiver wire. Maybe maybe you just stop playing at this point. Maybe that's why it's even three percent. But regardless, Donaldson isn't really the news here. It's Oswald Peraza. Peraza has a lot of potential to be a really good fantasy player who potentially has a couple positions of eligibility down the line. Uh, second, short, third, potentially. I'm not really sure exactly what they're going to use him for. And I think Volpe's going to be generally used mostly at short. Uh, I honestly don't know about Glaber Torres at second because I don't think that they particularly love Glaber Torres. I don't think that the fan base loves him. I don't know that he's a long-term option there. So... Maybe we see him play second a little bit down the stretch. Too. I'm, I'm really not sure exactly where it's going to be, but I think you know he'll play some third. Or he'll play a little bit of second. Maybe he'll spell off Volpe here and there. So odds are you're going to have a couple of positions worth of eligibility. As of right now, Peraza is eligible at third and at short, which is already really good. Maybe another position opens up down the line at some point. What he's done for you in AAA this season, 45 games. He's got 12 homers, 11 steals, and he's batting 261. Really good on base guy as well. He's got a 352 on base. Doesn't strike out too much. It's sub 20%. Honestly, I think the Yankees are very foolish for not having given him a chance already at some point, or you know, beyond the 13 games he's played. I think they're very foolish for not running with him this whole season. LeMayhew and Torres and all the other and Donaldson. It's like, what what the hell are you doing here? You know, you got a guy who seems like he's primed to be uh, maybe not a super superstar, but uh, a very, very good player who came up last year, had a cup of coffee over 18 games, batted over 300, you know, 10% walk rate, 15% strikeout rate, and he had a homer, he stole a couple bases, and they just don't show him any respect. I know he wasn't, you know, didn't, I think it was either spring or the start of the year when he did play a couple games, he didn't look amazing. But you got to run with your guys. You got to give them a chance to develop. They're not going to develop at the minor league levels, not the way that you'd hope for them to anyway. Uh, especially once you get to Peraza's age here, you're talking about somebody who's 23 years old. You know, let's let's get a move on here. He doesn't need to be in AAA. Uh, I, I just really think the Yankees are just really no longer the Yankees. And I think it's kind of, you know, as a side note, the old guard of teams is kind of changing over here in a way. The Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cardinals and the Mets, they're not good anymore. Uh, you know, they're just teams that are 
for one reason or another. Maybe it's management. Maybe it's you know just bad luck with our players. Maybe it's a number of different factors. But they're not really that great anymore. They seem to be making bad decisions, bad trades. They're you know every, everything that just seems to be shitty coming out of those organizations. Barraza should have been up to start the year. Regardless, let's talk about it from a point of view now. I think he's going to play fairly regularly. I don't think it'll be all the time. He came off the bench yesterday. He stole a base. Uh, he did have an RBI as well. It's tricky to say how often he's going to play. Like, I figured he would be getting a lot more reps at third. Um, I still think he'll play, you know, a few times a week. They have no reason not to play him. I think that that's what it really comes down to is one way or another, I think they'll find a spot for him at this point because why call him up if you're not going to play him? You know, just to have him there as a replacement for Donaldson doesn't make the most sense to me. I don't really understand it. I think... I think he's going to play. At the end of the day, long and short, long story short, I think that he is going to play, and I think that he's probably worth picking up in your deeper leagues. There's a decent enough power speed little combo there where I think that he can be beneficial to you guys in 15-team leagues. I started him in one of my 15-team leagues this week. Uh, I picked him up a few weeks ago, stashed him, and I started. I put my in my starting lineup in one of my NFBC leagues, and I feel all right about it. I think it's going to take maybe a little time. Like maybe it'll be a week or two, and then they'll start to use them. It's just honestly the reason I'm just so unsure is because the Yankees just don't make any sense to me. I, they don't make any sense to me why they're not playing him more often, why they've done a lot of the decisions they have they've made this season, why they've made the decisions, not done the decisions. Uh, but like DJ LeMahieu, it's not like why is DJ LeMahieu getting any at bats anymore? Why is he even on the major league roster at this point? I don't know. You know. Give Peraza those opportunities. Let Peraza play more regularly. Give him those regular at-bats, whether they're top of the bottom, or the top of the order, bottom of the order. It doesn't really matter. Give him a chance to play and show us what he can do at the big league level. Because at this point, he's had 96 at-bats, 96 plate appearances, actually, at the big league level. We're talking 82 at-bats. They need to give him more run. I think that they will. Now, with all that being said, I think they'll give him the run. I wouldn't add him in those shallow leagues, 10s and 12s, 8-team leagues, if you play in them, whatever. I think he's pretty much strictly a 15-team league guy for now until we really have a stranglehold on what's going on with the playing time. If we know he's going to start playing more often, then he's going to shoot up in roster percentage. You maybe have a chance to add him now if you want to. Like I said, 5% on Yahoo if you want to take a chance. Then take a chance. Then I have no problem with it in your shallow leagues, but he's not somebody you can start for right now. Uh, Certainly not in a weekly league, not in a shallow weekly league. I know there's so many – that's the problem with fantasy baseball too. There's so many different avenues, you know, like I'm starting him in a 15-team weekly league, 15-team daily league. You probably don't. 12-team weekly, you don't. 12-team daily, you. It's just there's so many different different ways to go about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that he is somebody that will have some fantasy interest down the stretch here, specifically if we're skewing towards deeper leagues. But I also think that it wouldn't kill you to pick him up in a 12 and just see what the Yankees do. Uh, but guys, that'll do it for us. I really appreciate you guys coming in, starting out your week with us, hanging out here. You can ask me any questions. Check me out over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB. We share out all of our content over there, podcasts, articles, and the like. So please make sure you're checking it out. Tomorrow, we're going to go back to our mailbag, Tuesday mailbag. I think we've done like eight or ten Tuesdays in a row have been mailbag shows, and those have been really fun. You guys interacting a lot with those, so I appreciate all of that. And we're going to send out that tweet sometime tomorrow in the mid-afternoon, uh, Maybe late morning, mid-afternoon, we'll send out that tweet uh, asking you guys to send in your questions. But until tomorrow, guys, hope you have a great night. Take care and cheers.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.